Welcome to the Becoming Educated podcast. I'm Darren Leslie, and I'm a teacher. The mission of Becoming Educated is threefold. To inform, giving teachers the robust academic basis to really meaningfully interrogate practice. To challenge accepted thinking, dangerous assumptions, and the dead wood entire professional dialogue. And ultimately, to inspire and allow passionate professionals to trust in themselves and teach with joy. In this podcast, I'm joined by a primary teacher who now works as a lead specialist of professional learning and leadership at Education Scotland, Stephanie Pete. Stephanie, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, we're, good, we're here to talk about uh, teacher leadership, but before we do that, could you tell us a little about you and how you came to work in the professional learning and leadership team at Education Scotland? So I suppose I am kind of one of those cliched teachers. Uh, I always really enjoyed learning. So loved school, all all the way through school, loved uni, just always loved reading. And I suppose I always really wanted that theme of learning and sort of to go through my entire life. Um, so when I became a teacher, I kind of carried that with me and I was always really interested in trying new things out and finding better ways to do things and question, you know, why is that happening in the classroom and, you know, what can I do to make that better? So I did that for years. And I can, we kind of discussed earlier off, off air about being a kind of lone explorer. And I got to the point where I thought, you know, I really want to find others out there who are the same, kind of like-minded, the same as me. So I saw my predecessor, so Fergal Kelly, who was working for Scale at the time, because the professional learning and leadership team used to mm-hmm. be called Scale, which was the Scottish College of Educational Leadership. So we only actually sort of merged into Education Scotland about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. So he was actually advertising the teacher leadership program on Twitter and I, I contacted him, you know, I asked him what is it about and I actually ended up doing that program um, as a participant. So it's quite a nice kind of... It's nice because you can then, you can talk about it. It's yeah. when you talk about that today, so obviously mm-hmm. you can talk through experience and also talk about why and how or how it impacted you as a teacher exactly. and brought you to where you are yeah. now. So because I'd, I'd already completed my master's, so I had quite a kind of deeper knowledge I suppose of inquiry already and because the teacher leadership program is an inquiry program um, Fergal sort of suggested that I might be better suited to be a critical friend on the program which means it's a sort of informal role um, where I took that one voluntarily to, for my own professional learning mm-hmm. and I basically sort of complemented the tutors on the program with supporting the participants with their inquiry and reading their online blogs and doing that kind of role. Now after I'd completed that there's another program which Scale at the time used to provide called the Supporting Teacher Leadership Program. Now you don't have to have done the Teacher Leadership Program to do that but some people see it as a sort of natural next step in a way. So that program's much more about now that you have an experience of inquiry how do you lead others through the process and I feel like that was the more the professional learning need I had I had that need of wanting to share that love of inquiry with others so I I, you know completed that program went back into my setting and then I found myself itching for more I'd had a sort of taste of what it could you know what really effective professional learning was like so I kept in touch with the with the team um, I sort of co-facilitated some programmes with them, which was a great experience. Um, I then gave a seminar at the Scottish Learning Festival with them. 
and a couple of years down the line, I suppose, of just keeping in touch and helping out, uh, Fergal actually mentioned that he was moving on to the Learning Directorate, so he was moving into the Scottish Government role, and he said that his position would be coming up. So, you know, I suppose that's when my own teacher leadership came into play, and I just kind of thought, why not? So sometimes as class teachers, you know, retrospectively, I think that we can set limitations on ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. I can't do that. That role's not right for me or it's not the time. And we get really comfortable. And I think that's especially true if you really like the context you work in. So I had great friends in the staff I was in. I really liked the kids and the community. And I thought, I don't know if I want to leave. And it was a bit of a leap of faith, mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, and you know the women in my family always say what's for you won't go by you so I thought might as well just put my you know put my hat in and see what happens give it, give it a go so do you miss teaching in the classroom or do you fight or do you are you enjoying the challenge that the professional learning and leadership team bring to your day-to-day -day business I'm enjoying the new experiences I feel like the experiences I've gained on this team I wouldn't have necessarily got in the teaching position that I was in and I feel it's you know, it's, it's a new challenge and I'm learning lots about more kind of adult learning in a, in a way, which is something I'd never thought about before because I, I was with the kids all the time. Mm -hmm. But I suppose you could, yeah, I do miss the kids. <laughs> yeah, I miss the kids a lot. You miss the kids, but adults bring a, bring a, a different challenge Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. So um, we're here to talk about teacher leadership. Mm -hmm. um, for those listening that, that are asking, what is that? Could you share your views on what it actually is? Yeah. Um, to give it for one word, I think it's crucial. Um, and I think it's crucial because it's needed for teachers to navigate the evolving landscape of education. And I think it's actually crucial for the longevity of a teaching career. And I think teacher leadership, it's about developing as a professional, but also meeting the needs of the learners in front of you. So it's as much about a teacher's identity as it is about their practice. So to me, personally, teacher leadership is nothing to do with promotion. I think that's one of the first big misconceptions around the idea of teacher leadership, that it's reserved, in a way, for a promoted posts. So for me, it's knowing yourself as a teacher and taking ownership of that identity, warts and all, so everything that encompasses you as a teacher. So teachers are normally really experienced in being reflective you know we hear that all the time mm -hmm. a reflective practitioner but I suppose the aspect of the leadership comes into play when they have that inquiring mindset and they start to seek out a rationale behind decisions and they explore different ways of improving or addressing things that they see needs to be addressed but on the other hand you know we have the development side of teacher leadership but Teachers can be quite hard on themselves. I know, I, yeah. I know, I was I anyway that, yeah. um, as a teacher. So, I think whilst you need to understand your development needs because that's really important, part of being a teacher leader is also celebrating yourself mm -hmm. and being able to kind of have the confidence to say, you know, I am, I am actually quite good at X, Y, and Z, and then using what you're good at for the benefit of everybody in the mm -hmm. learning community. And sharing that—that's that's an interesting one because I think. Um, talking through experience I'm, I'm the same I'm quite critical of of my teaching I leave lessons thinking oh I could have mm -hmm. an awful mm -hmm. lot better but I'm I'm forgetting about all the all the good bits that happened and, and exactly. can I, I need to celebrate that and and scale that and share that and how can others learn from how can we learn from each other I think that's that's a big thing I think once you get to that point of sort of recognize that leader within you it's a 
it's a real sense of personal satisfaction mm-hmm. and you get you know you kind of get empowerment from it you know you get a sense of yourself and um, then I do catch myself because I go in this when you ask me to define it I go between this kind of dichotomy of Ken Leithwood talks about that if you try to define teacher leadership too narrowly you trivialize it mm-hmm. but then I can also appreciate there's a lot of power in naming something and I think once you name something it becomes a thing and it's a thing that you can interact with and make sense out of so the kind of conclusion I suppose that um, I've personally came to is there are lots of actions that could be considered under the branch of teacher leadership but they'll all be really dependent on where you are in your career perhaps or what kind of setting you work in but I feel like the principles and the values of teacher leadership remain pretty constant Mm -hmm. regardless of any of that kind of external stuff and once that starts to take hold I suppose the kind of outcome is once that teacher leadership takes hold and you see teacher leaders together and the synergy that that creates, that's when you start to sort of really feel and see the difference, I think. That's, uh, that's brilliant. Um, I wanna go back to, can I follow up with my next question, but I wanna go back to that idea about your identity. Mm-hmm. I, re- I really liked how you, how, you, how you brought that into it and how becoming a, a leader of your own learning, a leader in, in your classroom can help you find your own identity as a teacher. And it kind of flows nicely into our next question of, of how teachers become leaders in their own mm-hmm. classroom, but mm-hmm. also that idea you kind of alluded to earlier about sharing that and how do we share the good stuff. So can you speak more, more about that? Absolutely. Um, I think for that idea of teacher leadership and teachers to see that, you first need to ask yourself, who do I want to be as a teacher? What do I value in education? And what do I do that actually shows this? Because I think that in, that inward conversation that you have with yourself can be really powerful because sometimes those elements don't all speak to each other when you really dig into it. And, you know, it's a good place to start. Your identity as in, who am I now? Who do I want to be? And where's the space in between that? But that's real, that can be really hard, mm-hmm. you know, and I've experienced it myself. It's, you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's having those tricky questions put to you can be quite, quite disorientating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose if you can learn to kind of push through and there's people there that can you know scaffold that process when you get through that discomfort that's when you reach that kind of transformative point but I suppose because it is tricky that's where the issue tends to lie so it's natural for people not to like the disequilibrium that you know posing those questions to yourself causes and and what they do or what i've seen and what i've done myself is you tend to pull back yeah, from the process you ask them to go outside their comfort zone uh-huh. and, and dig deep so they're gonna, gonna and they don't reach the to, point they don't reach yeah. that really kind of tipping point and then that's when you can't get through to that kind of as i said that mm-hmm. kind of transformative process okay thank you um can I go on a bit more specific to about about teacher leadership and the program that that the professional learning leadership team offer? What is in, in, is involved in the teacher leadership program? So the program, um, the recruitment for the program, it's a kind of mass recruitment process, um, and it's open from January to March every year. And the program itself lasts an academic session, so an academic year. Um, the program's delivered regionally, which means that we have a really high capacity for numbers. 
Um, so we, although we ask people to apply, it's you know we only do that to find out more about people. You know, it's not a really rigorous mm-hmm. application process. The programmes are blended style, which means we have some face-to-face days, and those face-to-face days are regional, which means the venues that we would hold them in would be within your school's regional improvement collaborative. And what's quite good about that is you don't have to travel far. Um, so we have an induction day in August, we have a recall day in January, and we have a national sharing the learning summit, which is a very long title, uh, in June. But the, the learning summit's a really lovely opportunity for all the participants. So no matter what so we... To nationally to all, yeah, to all get together. They all come together. So for any up in the islands or you're down at the borders, we all come together and it's had a lovely celebration event of how, how the learning's progressed ac- across the year. Um, so because it is blended, we also deliver online, so through Glow Blogs. Now, what that really is, it's a space where you complete online tasks and then you interact with all the other participants in the comments section. Uh, so we're quite conscious that we want that pro- this programme basically to fit into teachers' lives so they don't feel like it's an add-on mm-hmm. to their you know, to their day-to-day. So having that online element's a really good way of ensuring people have got equitative access. Mm, so they can go on at the end of their work day, uh-huh, spend, and whenever spend they half choose, an hour reading yeah. and looking and they can... Yeah, they can fit it into family life and things like that as well because mm-hmm. we have a, a whole range of teachers, you know, ages and stages of their career on the programme as well. In terms of content, what we do is we uh, begin by supporting participants to negotiate what teacher leadership does mean for them um, and their context as well because context is really important you know Mm. it's all right to talk about concepts like teacher leadership but to detach them from the context people are in can be quite artificial yeah so we use the context quite heavily in the program um, and then we use that understanding of teacher leadership to sort of engage practitioners in an inquiry project so they would choose an area of their practice that they want to develop or know more about, and we would facilitate them through that classroom inquiry. So, but so it kind of goes back to that idea of like you, know, long, you mentioned earlier about the evolving landscape of, of mm-hmm. teaching and education and the longevity of your teaching career. Given the new GTCS standards, have an inquiry kind of yeah. kind of scattered right through them. That kind of fit that kind of fits into that yeah. in terms of that professional learning. Um, so you kind of you spoke earlier on about kind of how crucial um, teacher leadership actually is and that you've spoken about the, in, the inquiry process, you've spoken about um, covering your inde- identity and kind of looking into your practice really deeply, bringing out the leader within you, which I really liked, really like that. Um, so can you go a bit further on that? Why should teachers sign up to, to the programme and, and commit the time to developing their, their teacher leadership and the leadership of themselves? I suppose you should sign up for the programme if you're looking for the opportunity to have that kind of space held for you, you know, that collaborative and supportive space to really get into that kind of conversations about leadership and and how inquiry can be a means to demonstrate that. So a big plus point we always find um, for participants is the fact that the programme is supportive and developmental, which means there's no pass or fail. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need any formal leadership experience or inquiry experience to come on this programme. So people feel can feel naturally quite drawn to it, which is nice. It's a very kind of supportive space mm-hmm. um, together. I suppose another big plus point is the fact that our programmes are funded through the Learning Directorate. So there's no direct yeah. cost to participants to participate as well, which is also that's uh, a, that's a bonus. That's a plus. Um, 
it's you know the nature of the face-to-face days especially the the summit and I suppose the online collaborative element as well it's an opportunity to meet and network with vast numbers of teachers that you would probably never get across different sectors yeah, as well. that you would never get to meet really you know day to day so we've got over 240 teachers on the program this year and they're all across Scotland and the wealth of knowledge and experience and sometimes the differences in that it's a really kind of powerful mm-hmm. environment to be in and to watch that sharing that sharing occur and also I'm quite biased but the team that do support that program are a lovely bunch they're very dedicated so that's a that's an added bonus as well oh, brilliant so obviously you're on that team yes I am <laughs> um, can I go go a little bit deeper then Mm-hmm. Into, into that you've spoke about um, inquiry looking into your practice you've spoken about the, the Glow blog and participating mm-hmm. to that community so what's expected from participants on the days when they're, they're with you um, on the days when they're not with you online are they are they expected to contribute to present issues or challenges in their practice for um, their kind of community to collaborate with them and come to come to solutions what is expected of them throughout the year so what I tend to say to people when they're thinking about applying or the, you know they're in the application process is you really do get out of this program what you put in. So I kind of recommend that you know if you're investing the time in the program anyway, you might as well really engage with all elements. So comment on the blogs, you know, just because we say there's a sort of minimum comment, comment as much as you like. Mm. Because what that idea that the more you the more you put in the more you'll, yeah. you'll get out of it. Uh huh. Because the more you get that interaction and that space to discuss, like you were saying, you know, putting forward questions. Because we also have an informal space set up, so whereby the blogs are a bit more of a structured commenting space. We also utilise uh, Microsoft Teams, which is a, a space where it's more like obviously like a chat room, mm-hmm. so people are able to have more flowing discussions and you know pose questions that might not be on any of the blogs on there as well. So it's an opportunity just to really look at all elements of the programme. We do, so in terms of output, I suppose, we do ask that they produce an inquiry poster, but that's not an add-on because what we do is we take the couple of the last couple of posts on the blog and they're basically created into the poster, if you like, mm-hmm. and then we blow that poster up to A1 size. So we print them for all the participants and at the National Sharing Summit, we put it up like an art gallery so that the participants can weave in and out and sort of have those you can ask conversations. You can have discussions yeah, around and exactly. if, if someone piques their interest, they can go find that mm-hmm. person and exactly. and find out more. Um what I really liked when I was when I was researching about, about the program, I haven't done it. I think uh, I think you should I think you're you're <laughs> persuading me to do that. Good. Um is that participants are encouraged to complete a reflective journal. And I like to I like to, to journal myself and, and kinda of try and figure out things. Why is that a, an important feature in the in the inquiry process in the program in terms of them forming kind of going back again, forming their identity and, and bringing out the leader that's inside of them? You know, when we're thinking about the way we plan the programs, we always look at the, the sort of andragogy, so the principles behind adult learning and what really makes a you know, an effective professional learning experience. And the reason for the journaling is actually captured really well by Judy Willis who looks into the neuroscience of learning and the, the quote she's got is the practice of writing can enhance the brain's intake, processing, retaining and retrieving of information. It promotes the brain's attentive focus, boosts long-term memory, illustrates patterns and gives the brain time for reflection. So I suppose journaling allows the participants to explore the issue themselves, you know, you know, 
really think about it internally, organize their thoughts and then go out with that kind of confidence to speak mm -hmm. to others. And that actually also relates to, there's a model of adult learning called the three fields of knowledge. And whereby that you take the knowledge from an outward source, so you have the sort of professional learning, it could be a book, it could be a video, it could be anything that you take from outside. And you combine that with the knowledge held by the participants themselves. And what happens is when you use the two of these together, you create basically a new field, new learning through the interactions that take place. So I suppose that would be the comments section mm -hmm. of the blog. So it's a really nice process for just for learn effective learning to take getting place. Out, getting out into the page, sharing your, your yep. thinking, and then your thinking kind of develops a structure yeah. and then through the comments you can then solidify that structure. Um, so after the academic session and the, after the learning summit and you've shared you've shared your, your inquiry and your work, what will teachers have gained to, to bring back to their classrooms for the young people, of course, and, and improving outcomes for them? And also for your school, because we spoke earlier about um, sharing sharing that and and sh kind of distributing the good practice and sharing mm -hmm. that good practice and how can they how can they help within this within their within their schools and, and even within their classrooms? I suppose for me it would be a threefold process. You would have yourself, your you know you the what they gain for themselves, what they gain for the children that they work with, and then what they gain for the wider sort of colleagues and community of the of the school. And I suppose for themselves, I've hoped that they'd have a renewed sense of purpose and enthusiasm, and then also perhaps a sort of fresh perspective on themselves and what they do, because quite often a lot of participants we get don't see that leadership aspect to begin with, and it's a, it's a definitely a journey for them mm -hmm. throughout the throughout the programme. I'd hope that they have an increased sense of confidence, that usually comes through quite heavily in the feedback that we get from participants and just that they, they get an increased sense of, you know, I, I can really affect change and I've got the, the a possibility and the capability to do that. Um, in terms of the children, you know, there's the increased skills to engage in inquiry. So they're able to think not just reflectively, but also a bit more strategically and critically about things. So being able to kind of question things as well, and that'll feed into the practice that they, they have in the classroom. And then I suppose in the widest sense, I hope when they go back to schools, they have that ripple effect. And I don't think you can underestimate that, that ability to sort of inspire and mm -hmm. encourage others to start their own leadership journey themselves. Absolutely, I'm all about that. Inspiring people to to really go and go forward and teach with joy. And if we can we can mobilise the teaching staff already, because we, we all you spoke about affecting change. Then we're all afraid of change. But you spoke earlier about the evolving landscape of education. The world's changing. Education's changing. So if we can develop leaders in the classroom who are willing to step outside of their classroom and bring others with them and bring that exactly. passion and bring yep. that enthusiasm to mm -hmm. to inquire on what work what works in our in our context yep. what can we do more of and what should we do less of would be is, is exactly what we what we need so let's think about the the teachers that have come in. you said there was 240 this year was it the yep. same maybe the same last year and um, what what do they say about it what feedback do they give give you and what feedback do they give Education Scotland on, on the programme and, yeah. and how it's shaping them, mm -hmm. their their classroom practice and their careers? Yeah, well being the professional learning leadership team, you know, a lot of our work is based on what teachers and other practitioners in the system tell us and you know, how do, you know, what we do meets the needs that they have and our, our programmes and our wider work around professional learning is always evolving and trying to strive to, to meet that purpose. So we usually 
do evaluations at the end of all of our programmes and in that we usually get quite a lot of nice testimonials, thankfully, uh, from teachers. So uh, there's two recent ones that I think are quite important to share. So one of them is uh, we had a quote from uh, quite an experienced teacher um, and she said, it turns out I'm exactly the right person to make changes. You have brought vigour and purpose back to an experienced teacher and for that I say thank you. And I thought that was really, really nice because quite often teachers' hectic lives, you know, time can roll on without really having the opportunity to pause the day to day and, and learn for yourself. And I feel, you know, personally, I feel really privileged that we can hold that space for teachers no matter where they uh-huh. are in their career. Yeah, I like that one about bringing the vig- vigour back because somewhere along the way that was that was lost and through the to the medium, mm-hmm. to the supports, to the to the inquiry that mm-hmm. that, that teacher mm-hmm. did, they've been able to to kind of go back to you talk about yeah. again, go back to why they got into the classroom exactly. in the first place, and I yeah. think that that's incredibly valuable for for all teachers to pause and think like. And why I su- did I get into the classroom? And, exactly. You know? And I suppose it also goes back to that idea of leadership being for promoted posts. You know, if you're a teacher who is down the line in your career and you you don't want to be in a promoted post, this is sort of highlighting the fact that, you know, that idea of having leadership as part of your identity isn't closed off to you. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a newly qualified teacher, you know, at any point you can enter into that idea of being a leader as part of your identity. The second quote um also from one of our recent participants she said um, I have found the teacher leadership program absolutely beneficial and I would say it is a journey with no full stop and I really like the end of that quote because I think it is really important you know doing this program is not going to make you a leader mm-hmm. it's not a tick box exercise it's a continuous mm-hmm. exploration of yourself and your practice and I just think that's really important because quite often you know in professional learning we think well if we do that then that'll be it and that's that I can say that's that done yeah. Whereas teacher leadership isn't about shelving something, it's always on the go, if yeah, that makes you sense. You can always evolve and, and change your practice. And going back to, to what you said earlier about us being reflective practitioners, as we get told that and we hear that a lot and we say that a lot, but perhaps we need the tools and the, the strategies and the support mechanism to actually truly be reflective, to think deeply about our practice. And, and where you go with it. Because mm-hmm. uh, someone once said to me that too much reflection is bad for your health, unless you're actually going to do anything with it. So I quite like that. I like it? that as well, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of kind of sum up the teacher leadership part. Where can teachers find out more information about teacher leadership? So Education Scotland have an online resource. Previously, it used to be called the Scale Framework. Mm-hmm. So it's an online resource for leadership and professional learning. So the website link is education.gov.scot forward slash professional learning. And then under, there's various tabs at the top and under the learn tab, you can find out more of information about all of our leadership programs, as well as there's some online learning activities which are being expanded on, which are really useful. And there's also information on professional learning events that we hold as well. So there's a whole host of professional learning opportunities Mm. on there. You said they're regional, so they'll be, if if you're up in, up in Murray or in the Highlands there'll be there'll be events in yeah. your area for so, you so you don't need to come to the central belt essentially to yeah what's quite good about the resources you can sort of tailor it you can tick boxes to make sure that it kind of meets your needs so if your location or your you know what your what kind of leadership you're looking for teacher leadership middle leadership things like that okay so um if they wanted to contact you, if they're listening to this and 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 they think you sound a, a warm and, and knowledgeable knowledgeable person, <laughs> how do they how do they go about f- finding you and contacting you? 
So I can just give you my email, which is stephanie.peat at educationscotland.gov.scot. I'm always up for a chat, which you can probably tell. Um, you can also find out more about all of the team on the Education Scotland corporate website. You'll be able to find the different teams and little bios about us as well. That's brilliant. Just uh, before we finish, I'd like to, to thank you for your time. Um, I've really I've really enjoyed that, and I've I've, I've learned a lot in the time, and I think that's kind of for me and my own my own learning. I think that's fantastic, and some of the things you said there about um, bringing out the leader within you and empowering teach, teachers, teaching staff, and kind of helping teachers with that inquiry because it is all over our new standards. It's in the national improvement framework, but mm -hmm. I think we look at that sometimes and go, well, "What is that?" But I think you've summarised that well. I've got a couple of questions I want to to ask all all uh, people that are, are willing to be interviewed by me for the podcast. Um, the first one is, uh, what book or text has had the biggest impact on your teaching career? So this took me a while. I toed and froed between lots of books because we had a discussion about, we're both quite avid readers. So the book that I have settled on um, is called Teaching as a Subversive Activity by Neil Postman. Uh, it was published in the late 60s, around, I think it was 1969. So it's an old day but it is a good day, I think. It's very straight talking. So the first chapter is actually called Crap Detecting, which I quite enjoy, <laughs> straight to the point. Uh, but it's, it has got lots of really timeless messages in the book, and I think some of them are really important for the world that we live in just now. So the overarching idea of the book is about how we support children to think for themselves. And in that freedom of thought, how they're encouraged to be really critical in the questions that they ask, and not just taking on the things that they're told to be true. Um, and I suppose for me that goes back to that kind of Piaget's argument that children are not just empty vessels to be filled with knowledge from the, the various teachers in their lives. And if you think about it, children are naturally very good. You know, if you take toddlers, for example, when they're, when they're kind of growing up, they're always, you know, what is that? And why are we doing that? And why did that happen? But sometimes, you know, as children grow up, that sense of curiosity can become a little bit dulled mm -hmm. in a way. And what I learned from that book is that we should be nurturing children to grow as individual people with individual personalities who don't necessarily passively accept things and learn to regurgitate what they think are acceptable answers. Now, I'm not saying that we develop a whole generation of rule breakers, but <laughs> what, I, I say, what I seriously would argue is that we do need people who can scrutinise yeah. norms and negotiate what isn't working and have that kind of innovative passion, if you like, for, for looking forward. No, I'd agree. I think when you when you kind of sit back and think about what skills do children need in a future that doesn't yet exist, I think critical thinking always uh, kind of mm. appears quite high in that list. And I to totally agree with you. How do we how do we do that? Because I teach in a secondary school, and I and I wholeheartedly agree that sometimes that love of learning, that thirst of learning that you have when you when you're little, mm -hmm. it, something happens mm -hmm. where it just go it just disappears. Mm -hmm. So how do we make sure that they they maintain that? So, next question is, if you could give one bit of advice to a teacher, what would that be? So, I'll be honest, all of these last questions took me forever to answer, <laughs> um, because there are lots of very valid answers that could be given. I suppose, thinking about my own experience, um, don't try to be a lone wolf is the tagline that I came up with. So, teaching is a really rewarding job, but it is also really demanding, mm -hmm. you'll know that, but so it can be easily bogged down 
and you can start to begin to feel isolated in some situations. So I would say, you know, it is really important to reach out, whatever stage you are in your career, reach out, share ideas, form networks with like-minded people and and almost, you know, some people who are maybe not like-minded because there's a real benefit in that stretching your thought. Yeah, that different, different ideas uh-huh. and different different way of thinking and I suppose you know finding the people and the things in education that bring you you said it bring you joy and satisfaction in your role because you're much more equipped to give your best for your learners if you feel at your best yourself yeah. oh, I agree with that I, I think being a PE teacher I've got this idea that kind of back what you said that teaching is a 100% a team sport it's like when you close a door in your classroom you're not alone mm-hmm. yes you might be there with the children and you're responsible for them but when you open your door and you let others in magic can happen mm-hmm. um, final question I'm really interested interested in this because I think there's a lot of things that just get in the way get in the way of uh, just improving outcomes for young people being with young people and being our best self in front of them so what do you think gets in the way of great teaching I actually think that you know to, to continue with what we've been talking about how understood teacher leadership and how valued teacher leadership is in schools can sometimes be a barrier so in my experience with working you know in my current role anyway working with lots of different teachers the culture within schools can be a real determining factor in how confident and enabled teachers feel about making informed decisions that affect them and the learners within their you know within their class I think that teacher you know going back to that lone wolf thing Teacher leadership works best when it permeates a community of a school and that there's a sense of real, you know, collective leadership capacity where everybody can, you know, see their voice and what they have to offer is valued. No, thank you very much. I totally, totally agree with that. I like, you, like your answers there. And thanks for taking the time to, to think about, about that. Um, just before you go, I'd like to thank you for your for your contributions there. They were highly highly valuable, and I hope that the listeners get a lot out of them. And just remind them that if they do want to know more about exactly. what we've discussed tonight, they have your email. Exactly. So hopefully they can they can contact you. And as you said, you're up for a chat. So feel free to use that. Thank you for having me. It's been a it's been a really great experience. I was a bit nervous, you know, but it was great. Thank no you. Worries. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. If you want to find out more about what was discussed today, please head over to my website, becomingeducated.co.uk. And finally, if you haven't done so already, I would really love it if you were to subscribe to the podcast. That way, all future episodes will be downloaded directly into your feed. And before you go, please always remember to teach with joy.